This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tell Me This, the summer edition, I guess. Um, This is the summer of coaching for many of you who listen. We wrapped our season two and are headed into season three. And we thought um, because I was taking some coaching classes and meeting some awesome people like the person I'm looking at on Zoom right now. Hello, Emily. (laughs) Hello. Yeah, um, that we would take up or I would take up a summer of coaching because it was just, well, really the folks in the class, the instructors, the content. The moments together were just super inspiring and thought, so I thought it'd be fun and really just a privilege to, to sit with these folks for a little bit of time and, and hear from them. So, so Emily Barnett is joining us today and she provides coaching for individuals and groups in the areas of leadership, career development, and personal growth. Her practice is centered around holding space, deep listening, and powerful questions. A lifelong learner herself, an educator, Emily began proselytizing as early as grade school. Woohoo! I love that, Emily. <laughs> Own that space. She honed her skills as an educator by teaching swim lessons, aqua aerobics, and high school German and leadership. She transferred classroom management skills to higher education and has over 15 years experience planning, staffing, marketing, budgeting, and directing business operations generating up to $750,000 in annual revenue. I, as a higher ed person, Emily, appreciate those skills because those are skills I don't have. And so I love being surrounding myself with people who have those skills. So well done. During the pandemic, Emily has developed a unique perspective on teamwork and leadership, partly as a result of her repeated binge watching of all the Marvel Universe movies and television shows. I love, just love that. Um, If you're interested in learning more, you should definitely consider signing up for a 30-minute coaching uh, consultation with Emily, and you can reach her at the www.calendly.com, and it's backslash E-R Barnett, B-A-R-N-E-T-T. And um, if you didn't have a chance to write that down at this moment, we will be sure to remind you at the end of the interview. So, So Emily, again, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I don't I don't even know where to start. I mean, we have those questions, but like you have such a diverse background. I love it. Swim lessons, aerobics, German leadership. Were you teaching high school German in a leadership course or were those two different courses? Two different courses, two different courses. Okay. And you were teaching leadership at the high school level? Yep. 
I, I was the student body advisor and also teaching them leadership skills in as okay. much as you can teach high schoolers. Yeah, I, well, I was going to ask you, what was that like? Um, it was a fun growth experience. They were um, self-selected high-performing students mm. anyhow because they wanted to be in student government and were very interested and motivated. Um, a lot of times it was corralling their energy into positive results. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of that, pe pep rallies and yeah. dances. And That's awesome. I find that that also happens with adults too and doesn't have to just be high school. <laughs> so, so for our audience who either, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, I'm just really curious, for our audience members who either teach in sort of the high school level or have high schoolers of their own, what would be sort of two leadership tips or tidbits that you might share with folks from your class? I think, and, and this has developed over the years as well, but mm -hmm. leading authentically, mm. um, there's a lot of different leadership styles. Yeah. And as much as you can, you know, watch movies and TV shows and, and look at your favorite leaders and try to emulate them, if it's not authentically who you are, mm. it's not going to work. You won't be happy. <clears throat> the people who you're trying to lead aren't going to follow you. Yeah. So really finding what your style is mm. and leaning into it. Mm. I love that. I love, I love, I love that. Yeah. We shouldn't just like coaching, which, which is really yeah. what we're going to talk about. You shouldn't make it hard, right? Like yeah. leadership should be, um, I was listening to a podcast. Um, I had a long drive and I actually didn't have kids in the car for the first time. And I don't know how long. And so I had control of what was going on in the car. <laughs> And I got to listen. It was actually an older episode of Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. And she was interviewing someone about obviously leadership. And something he said was that um, your story is your leadership style. And so if you like, and I love that sort of, for me, it resonated when you said being authentic. So like really knowing yourself and owning your journey, right. Can be, oh, yeah. yeah, can translate into a leadership style. So, so I love that. Um, yeah. So again, welcome. And I think thinking about our authentic selves and sort of moving into leadership, I mean, mm -hmm. moving into coaching makes a lot of sense, right? Because we're doing Absolutely. some of that work, both as coach and client. So, so I'm curious, Emily, um, in addition to binge watching Marvel, um, all things Marvel, um, mm -hmm. could you describe for our audience what your first experience was with coaching, whether it was mm -hmm. informal or otherwise, and it was, either, it could be as a coach or a client or, you know, both. Yeah. So funny, funny story. Yeah. In in our first coaching class, we talked about powerful questions. And, mm. and maybe second coaching class, we looked at a little bit about reframing. Mm. And it reminded me of, of kindergarten coming home. And I would tell my mom, so and so broke my blue crayon, and <laughs> he pulled my hair Aww. and all of these horrible, sad things. Mm. And my mom would say, why don't you stop right there and tell me three positive things that happened. And so that became the pattern mm. in any conversation coming home and giving her a recap of what I had experienced outside the home, you know, three positive things. And it really has shaped how I look at situations. Even today, I look mm. for the silver lining. I look for the positive outcome. Yeah, the pandemic has been rough, but man, I really got to set up a great meditation practice with my extra time in the morning. Mm. So I think that was really my first coaching conversation. 
That's so cool. Go mom, go Emily's mom for asking that powerful question. I'm curious, speaking of powerful questions, do you remember as a kindergartner, like when your mom asked you that, whether it was the first time or right or later, like what impact did that have on you? At first it was hard because I'm like, oh, that's boring. She doesn't want to hear, you know, (laughs) who wants to talk about good things? And then it just really became ingrained in my personality, Mm. even like conversations, you know, I've lifelong friends who said, okay, I'm going to tell you a story, but I don't, I don't need to look at the sunny side (laughs) of it. So let's just, I'm just going to tell you a situation. (laughs) So it's, it, it is a lot of who I am. Mm, That's so cool. You're known, you're known for that. So now you're, (laughs) now your friends have to design in when you just need to be there and listen and not give them the positives. Yes. Just venting. Okay. Yes. Got it. Got it. That's right. That's awesome. So, you know, speaking of just venting or listening or, you know, looking for things that we're celebrating, one thing that I'm trying to sort of go through with each person who's come on the, the podcast this summer is really to understand what that thing coaching means, mm. because I'm sure in your own experiences, we throw that word around a lot, whether it's in swimming or education or the business, right? And so, oh, yeah. Emily, when you say the word coaching, what does that mean? Like, what does that word mean for you? What does it look like? For me, it really is about that deep listening mm-hmm. so that that folks can, for lack of a better phrase, verbally process what it is they're thinking about, mm-hmm. um, the decision that they're stumbling on and just have a space where someone's just going to listen to what they need to say Mm -hmm. and get it out. It could be venting. It could be trying (laughs) to solve a problem, trying to decide between two great opportunities and job Mm -hmm. in a career, Mm -hmm. but really that, that listening space so that they can talk it through Mm. and really not so much guiding questions, but those powerful questions that just open them up to the possibilities of, of where they could go and what they could do. Mm. It's not offering advice or solutions, (laughs) which I love because that will get me in trouble. Mm. Um, You know, someone says, oh, you gave me this advice and I did it. And it was a really bad thing that happened. Yeah. With coaching, it's, it's really, it's the whole person. It's in the person that you're working with in your Mm. client, that Mm. solution is there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And that, you know, that idea that you, we said in your, your intro with this holding space, right. Holding Mm -hmm. space and listening and powerful questions. I'm wondering, Emily, what's been your experience? Because I mean, I'm going to be really honest, maybe this is different for you in your circle, but like showing up to hold space for someone and be a listener often is not the sort of typical way that people show up for each other. I don't know if that's been your experience. Yeah. If you can't hear it. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so I'm curious, like, what is that like for your clients or even when you just show up coach, like for friends, right? It's not a formal, like what's the response? What's the, like, I don't know. What is, what's it like? I think Interestingly for me, I'm, I'm a high extrovert. And Mm. so people are really not used to me being quiet. (laughs) Um, I have to design that into the beginning, especially with 
coaching, I've been practicing with, you know, colleagues or mm -hmm. friends and really designing in this is coaching a coaching relationship. It's very different than our friend relationship. Mm. And these are the types of things that I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then with family, uh, especially my, my teenage daughter, she gets a little nervous when I'm too quiet. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm just waiting. No, mm. I don't, we don't need to sit fill the space. Yeah. I can just wait. And if something comes up, you want to talk about, we'll go that route. Mm. So it's, it has been an adjustment period for friends and, and family. Yeah, absolutely. For me to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a gift. I mean, it's been an adjustment and it's a gift. I think that you're giving each of the people that are bumping into you. So I, I love that. It's so funny how we I mean, I, I, I think when I first started taking the classes, something that instantly like resonated with me was that notion of designing in relationships, right? Yes. Like such a simple practice and such a powerful practice. Absolutely. Um, and so I think you're right that designing in that element that this is how I'm going to show up is like, I mean, it's just one of those things, Emily, I don't know if you felt the same, but I was like, oh, of course, of course we should be doing that. Yeah, because it's one of the things that's really helped me in supervision and working mm. with people and managing people is setting a clear expectation for, you know, a due date, a behavior, an activity yeah. that I want to see. But if I set a clear expectation on how we're going to have a relationship together, I, it's been a fantastic change in my, yes. with my um, people I supervise as well. Yeah, I've been doing end of the year feedback sessions. And that's one of the things they said they really appreciated is that they know the conversation is open with me, they can tell me something and I'm not going to be offended. I it's feedback, I need mm -hmm. to hear it. Yeah. So it's been that has been extremely powerful. Yeah, absolutely. The, the coaching. Yeah. And it does, it does honor this sort of, you know, that the piece of advice you gave around leadership, right? They, it, it really does feed into authenticity, right? Cause you can, you design in that ability to be authentic, which is wonderful. I think the other thing I love about designing relationships that I've had to sort of, again, it's been an adjustment for folks that I work with is this can change. Like, you know, if you and I meet, you know, later in the week, well, that something weird might've happened, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise, but like you can adjust those sort of needs per conversation, which I, again, just think it's so nice to just say, you know what, I'm having one of those days and I just need some grace in this conversation. And I don't know, for me, that's like, Ooh, that's just like as big for me. Oh yeah. Especially with all of the changes we're going mm -hmm. through in higher ed, you know, are we going back in what yes. way are we going back? I've yeah. got a lot of staff asking questions and I'm like, I don't have the answer <laughs> and I'm frustrated. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm curious. So we talked about your, I love your mom showing up co coach, like you remember as a kindergartner, you know, the three positive things. And then, you know, as recently as February, I guess we took, yeah, February, we started taking yeah. classes together. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if you could sort of just give the audience a sense of, you know, what was the sort of journey from kindergartner being coached by mom informally <laughs> to deciding to take, you know, some more formal coaching classes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've, I've done some, I don't know, searching recently mm -hmm. with my extra time and my meditation um, practice. I, I've thought about 
you know, that question you ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, mm. and when I was in fifth grade, I said, I wanted to be a child psychologist mm. um, because there's a lot of kids with a lot of problems. So apparently I was a little precocious, <laughs> but it kind of, I feel like I'm coming a little bit full circle. I, I taught, I got to know people on, on a personal level in that classroom experience. I've managed people. I've worked in corporate training where we offer um, some, sometimes we offer executive coaching. So I've worked with executive coaches. Mm. And so coming to this, and especially I work at Anne Arundel Community College and I've met Jen, Laura, our, yep. our, our professor who is yes. amazing yeah, and um, wanted to be in the coaching tribe for many cycles, but never have been able to do it because of timing. Mm. Okay. Now that we're able to do the Zoom sessions, <laughs> It has been fantastic. And so I, I don't know if it's a lifelong dream to be a coach, but mm -hmm. I think it's definitely a lifelong calling. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like the things that you shared in your bio and about your mom, it feels like it's sort of, I don't know how else to say it, but it feels like it's always been in your blood oh, in yeah. some, in some way, shape or form. So yeah, yeah. that's cool. And you know, it, I used to think of it as being nosy, wanting to know everything about other people, <laughs> but it's being coach-like to a oh, degree. It's yeah. not judging. Yeah. So totally. coach-like. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like I'm trying to remember in one of our sessions, was it, I feel like Erica Alexander, who was on the podcast earlier, she was talking about like one of the archetypes and like how she could show up curious. And it was like, she's going to, be a little nosy, right? Like, at, cause it just gave her like mm. the power. I feel like she was saying, so that's like a good, I like that. That resonates with me to say that, but you're right. It's not, it's not really, I mean, it's a good nosy, right? It's like being available yeah. and, and there and holding space for somebody. So, yeah. so I'm curious again, you know, some of, some of my audience knows what coaching is because I've been talking about it <laughs> because they've had their own experiences and some folks are just really new to the, to the idea. So I love, I love to give you a chance to sort of talk more and you've, and you have touched on it a little bit, but sort of like, how do you show up as a coach? What, a, what would a session, like if, if someone mm -hmm. did contact you for that 30 minute consultation, like, what does that look like? Can you just give us a taste of that? So I, I like to start out a coaching relationship with the value mining. It's mm. one of my favorite activities okay. that we've done. Um, so value mining is you really help people get to what their three to four core values are in the moment mm -hmm. because we have many values and we focus on different ones at different times. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that value mining exercise quickly gets to what your top three are in the moment. And from that, the expansion uh, that I've had with clients that I've coached and also people that I supervise have talked about how it's really changed their perspective on mm. life, career <clears throat> goals, what they're doing now, what they want to do next. So that is that is my favorite part of, of coaching is that value mining and starting from there. Um, in that 30-minute consultation, we'll talk a little bit about value mining. It's not really enough time to go deeply mm. into value mining, mm -hmm. but it will give people a perspective on, on what um, core values are and how they are important in the coaching process. Mm, love that. So when you did uh, core values, I'm like, I know we did it as a class in a couple of different forms. Like 
mm-hmm. what what did it do for you? Like, why is what why is it one of your favorites? So I when I first started at the college, it was one of the um, employee onboarding sessions. Jen Laura came in with the new employees and did core value mining, mm. and I had never thought about you know this is how I feel and think about things. I never thought it like, oh, that is special in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so having that perspective that those values are special and that is what is driving the decisions that I make. And if I follow those core values in the decisions I make, I feel good. If I don't, I feel bad. Mm. It's pretty simplistic, but it, it was, it was eye opening. Mm. And then as we move forward in class, um, I've done a couple of, obviously a couple of different ways, like you said, of value mining but the same types of topics show up over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, integrity and drive are always kind of at that, the top. Mm-hmm. And then a sense of belonging and connection is in that middle band. Um, and then creativity and adventure is, is my, my Ooh. third area. Ooh, I love that. So that's nice. Yeah. I think again, with it's similar to the designing, you know, designing in relationships, it's like, of course we should know our core values, right? Yeah. Of course, but we don't take the time, right? That's, I feel like it always right. comes down to time. I actually, um, last night I did a core values with a group of doctoral students. And one of the students, after we did it, I was doing sort of like just a debrief, you know, what was that like? What were you noticing? And one of the students said um, that she is really good at like helping others sort of think (laughs) about their values, but she appreciated having, and she said like having the mirror turned on herself. Oh, wow. Um, And I just think that's so true, right? We just, we're often very good at helping others with whatever Mm -hmm. it is, but we don't look at ourselves. And so, so yeah, so I think that's awesome that you, I love the core values too. So you don't have to, don't have to apologize for that one. That's, that's a great, I feel like that's often a great place to start with a client and you can learn so much just by going through that process, right? Like the words that they pick, the sort of things that come up around joy. So I don't know if that's been your experience. And in the, in later sessions, uh, it's a nice callback to have you know Mm. they're stuck in a decision between like I said you know two great career paths Mm -hmm. you know if the if I ask the question well which which core values are showing up for you and then they talk it through themselves and are able to just easily make that decision where they had been spending days before struggling with it yes yeah that powerful question of what about this is honoring your core values and it's sort of stops them in their tracks sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a good, absolutely. Yeah. It is a good callback. You're right. Um, so we've talked about, you know, kindergartners can benefit high schoolers certainly can benefit. We know that we're benefiting from coaching Mm -hmm. who benefit, who else benefits Emily. And like, when is a good time to say, I'm going to go get a coach? Like, what do you think? Yeah. I think, you know, everyone can benefit from getting a coach. (laughs) Yeah. I do think that being ready to make change Mm. is a key ingredient. Um, with, you know, the, the listening and the powerful questions, you're going to, you're going to make some changes in your life. You're going to realize what's, what you value, what's important to you. Um, and it's, it's, 
it's a great impetus and support for change. Mm. So I think that's the point where people should come and, and seek out a coach. And it can be for a wide variety of topics, you know, career changing, personal growth and development. Um, my favorite is the new, the celebration coaching that yes. um, we've just started practicing, which yeah. of course fits in with Perfectly. my joy and gratitude <laughs> um, yes. perspective on things. But I think there's, you know, there's also difficult choices that people have to make. And I think mm -hmm. having a coach listen to you as you puzzle through it and ask you some powerful questions to really help you think deeply about your decision mm. is so, so valuable. Mm. What do you think when you say, I love that you said, um, seeking a coach when you're ready to make change, mm -hmm. what does that look like? when you say like, so readiness for change, if we were to shorten it, like, what does that look like for you? I think that, you know, that some people hit a, a plateau where mm -hmm. they're either, you know, health-wise or career-wise, they've gotten to this point, they've been driving to it. And now, now what, what do I do next? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I've got a great job. I have good income, but man, I'm just not excited to go into the office anymore. Mm. Um, I'm just starting out in a career and I don't know which, which way to go in my direction. And I'm starting to like try to get interviews and, and how do I make this work? Mm. I think those points in people's lives are important places to look for a career coach, mm. but I think are a coach, not just a career coach, but I also think points in people's lives where they've you know, just completed something amazing. They've yeah. finished their doctorate. <laughs> they have, you know, just had a baby. Mm -hmm. They've gotten married. Yeah. At those points in people's lives, I think also coaching can be beneficial in having that pause to mm -hmm. savor the moment. Because I don't think we savor the moment in our culture in any way. <laughs> no, I think we check the box and move on to the next thing on the to-do list. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Yeah, I think your that readiness for change is a good one. I heard what I heard you saying, correct me if you disagree or want to amend it, is maybe you're noticing things and ask starting to ask questions, but perhaps you need, you know, more questions and those powerful questions is what it what it sounded like to me, what you were describing. Yeah. Yeah. So so you mentioned, you already mentioned that one of your favorites is the mining for core values. Mm -hmm. um, I want to dig a little deeper just to see, are there, do you have a favorite? I don't know if I'd call that a skill as much as an activity. So mm -hmm. do you have a favorite coaching skill or, and it can be more than one? So I have two now. When I okay. first started the program, I was like, when we heard about non-attachment, I was like, man, I am never going to be able to master <laughs> that one. I love to give advice. I love to plan. I love to guide the conversation. Mm. So really learning and practicing that skill in our first two coaching classes has helped me in all areas of my life mm. to let go mm -hmm. and experience which has been amazing. And the next, um, in our third class, stay. Mm. The skill of stay. Oh, also, so hard. yes. So hard. <laughs> because you get into the, the deep questions and something, sometimes something's emotional. Yeah. And I am like, okay, this is emotional. And 
let's look for something positive and redirect. Yes. But really the skill is staying in that moment and, and helping the client fully experience that emotional event Mm. and what it means to them. And then talking about like, well, what, what can we do with this? What can we do next? What's, what's the lesson that they've learned? Mm. But still staying in that moment to let them really marinate in it before we move on Mm. is important. Mm. So that's one of your favorites. And disfavorites. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I'm like, I totally admire you for making that your favorite because I, I see the value. And when I do those sessions, whether I'm being coached or coaching, I see it, right? You can see it. And it's so hard, Emily, for me to stay. It's like, I don't, I was thinking the, the metaphor that comes up for me is like those annoying Christmases or whatever holiday, not even Christmas, just any holiday where there's a gift involved. And it's like a big box that gets to a smaller box to a smaller box. And it's like, is this ever going to stop? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I agree. I agree. Yeah. So it is. And again, I think to your point that you made earlier, which is about stopping and celebrating or noticing, right? That's just staying is not a sort of natural place for us. Like we, we sort of talk about something and then move to the next thing instead of talking and talking a little more and a little bit more. And then one more question about that same thing, you know? Yeah. And I, what's been amazing is when I practice that skill and with my clients, yeah, they have loved it. Mm, loved yes. to stay. Yeah. And they're like, I, you know, I so much enjoyed the session and really got into like the meat of it. And I feel like I've really processed now. And I'm like, mm. that is fantastic. That's because, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that so funny? I'm so glad you said that. Oh, that was like so freeing because I have had a similar experience where, and I try as a sort of modeled by Jen and Anton to ask for takeaways or feedback from the client because I want to <sighs> keep learning. Yeah. And I, sometimes I feel like I'm like bracing for impact, Emily, cause I'm like, that was so hard. And the client says to say, oh, that was great. We spent all that time in that one. And I'm like, oh my God, if I have to ask them one more question, they're going to like punch me through the zoom. <laughs> but they love it. You're right. They You're do. Right. They totally, they love it. And again, it's, we don't, I mean, how often in our day-to-day lives do we make that kind of time for mm-hmm. someone? We just don't. And I feel like that's the to me, that feels like the benefit, right? That you really are. I keep going back to your words of holding that space. Like you're really building a container for them to just stay in whatever moment comes up. Yeah. And the impact of, of creating that relationship of building the relationship of no judgment Mm. so they can, it's confidential. We are not judging. We are just going. Yep. Say what you feel. Yeah. Say what you, and what do you feel about that? And what does that bring up for you? And mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. Just keep going and being able to be open. Yeah, like, totally. You know, how many relationships can you be 100% open and honest in? Probably not many, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. It's it's funny. I, I think you're right that some of the key to having that sort of experience coaching and that stay coaching work is to design in that that's mm-hmm. what this is going to be like. Because I have to tell you, like, I showed up, sometimes I show up coach, like for my family, cause I'm just practicing. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you, I showed up coach liking for my spouse and I was kind of doing, I was seeing what a stay would feel like. 
Yeah. And and she just got annoyed. With me. <laughs> oh yes, because I, I was husband. asking the same kind of question, or in the same, yeah. she was just like, "What are you doing? Like we've already talked about this." <laughs> yeah. No, my husband has said, "You don't need to coach me." <laughs> So yeah, so I think the stay this, works particularly well when you design in that that's sort of the yes. intention. <laughs> yes, agreed, agreed. Oh my goodness. So, all right. So we've talked a little bit about your favorites with, you know, peppered in with some challenges um, and some good humor, which I always love. I really want to hear from you, Emily. What do you think's hard about coaching? Oh, I think sometimes for me <clears throat> early on one of my experiences i had a coaching on a friday afternoon and i was exhausted i mean mm. all our weeks seemed very long in the pandemic and that seemed like a particularly long emotionally rough week mm -hmm. and I, I i thought about canceling and i was like no I, i've made a commitment mm. i want to get some practice in this is a person i have a you know friendship with and I really want to honor that. So I went into the, the coaching session and just really committed to the not working hard, just letting the questions do the work, letting the client do the work. Yeah. And interestingly enough, in the conversation, she was also having a difficult week, mm -hmm. but we got to a point where she reframed, we went through a reframing exercise, the perspectives exercise. Mm -hmm. And at the end, it was so uplifting. I, I was like, I want to do more, and, you know, it's six o'clock on a Friday night. And I'm like, let's do more coaching. <laughs> so I think the whole, um, for me, getting past that initial exhaustion and mm. also a little bit of stage fright right oh. before a coaching call. I'm like, Ooh, am I going to do, am I going to do a good job? Am I going to be open? Am I going to listen? Mm. How am I going to approach it? Am I going to Am I going to be a good coach? Aww. So, you know, that, that inner critic yes. is pretty loud for yes. me. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. Mm, thank you for your honesty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. To all of that. I wonder when you're hearing that inner critic, like, what do you do before the session to sort of try to quiet that critic? Early on, what I did is I, I haul out my binder with my notes and mm. go through the powerful questions and read them through. Mm -hmm. I also got um, one of the recommended textbooks. So I, I'd spend a few minutes just reviewing materials and preparing yeah. as much as you, you really can't prepare for a coaching conversation because mm -hmm. you just let it go wherever. Yeah. But a few minutes, just kind of quietly contemplating powerful questions, coaching approaches, what are some activities? Here's some skills. I've got my non-attachment sticky note on my monitor that I stare <laughs> at all, all day, every day. And so I think the, for me, the best approach is just to take at least five minutes and not be involved in, you know, answering her work email or mm -hmm. making sure that my, my daughter's logged into her high school virtually, <laughs> but spending five minutes just breathing, being in the moment so that I can be in the coaching session. Oh, that's such a great practice. I feel like, I feel like that practice could be applied to lots of moments, right? Like yeah. sort of that readiness for whatever is coming next. I, I really appreciate that. It, it, it feels like it aligns 
with sort of what you talked about earlier, which is like, you've started meditating in the morning. It's, it's almost, it is in my, in my little, little, little bit of knowledge of meditation, it feels similar, like in a, pra- a practice being present in the moment. So it's kind of cool yeah. that you've yeah. worked that out. And I love that you admitted that you get sort of nervous in that inner critic. Cause I, oh my gosh, Emily, I still like <laughs> before every phone or zoom session, I have those like 10 minutes where I'm like, I'm not a good coach. What am I doing? <laughs> what if I forget a question, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the part about, you know, just showing up also, um, is really critical just, you know, because I think it sounds like we're similar in that sort of like, once you get there, you're yeah. just, I'm so grateful that I'm there with that person or persons and, and like, I'm also, I feel like I'm on the line of extrovert and introvert, but I definitely get energy when it's like a good energy in the space. Right. So like if I just get myself there, so yeah, just, just pushing, pushing yourself to get there for sure is a good, good tip. So that's awesome. So Emily, I, we're, we're wrapping up here and I always like to give my guests a chance to, you know, share, is there anything else you want to share that maybe we didn't touch on, um, in the interview that you'd love to, to share now? So just this week, I launched my website. Ooh, give us the address. It is emilyrbarnettcoaching.com. So E-M-I-L-Y-R-B-A-R-N-E-T-T-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com. Awesome. Congrats. Thank you. Congrats. Big time celebration there. Yeah, I'm excited. I I, I, so when uh, my brother gave me a book called, um, feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm. (laughs) So a lot of times when someone says, Hey, I want to interview people for my podcast. And I'm like, that's terrifying. I want to do it. Or one of our other coaching, um, colleagues said, I'm doing a series on Wednesdays Mm -hmm. and anybody want to join me? And I said, yes, that sounds scary. I'm going to do it. So I think for me, just saying yes, and then figuring out how I'm going to accomplish it later Mm. has been um, a little bit of a theme throughout my life, jumping first, and then Mm -hmm. it works out somehow. So the putting up the coaching website this weekend really was being on the podcast was an impetus for me. It's like, I want to be on the podcast. I want to make sure that I'm ready. Absolutely. It helped me think more deeply about why I'm coaching, um, what excites me about it, what I think the benefits are. Mm. So well, that's awesome. Well, that is definitely congratulations. That is, that's big time getting the website (laughs) created and up and live is, is huge. So really congratulations. And anytime you want to come on this podcast to talk about your, your new favorite coaching skill, um, your new yeah. favorite Marvel comic, whatever, <laughs> Excited. Would, I would love to have you back. So anytime. So, and you thank survived, you. you did more than survive. You were, you were awesome. So, so it thank you. It was a Emily. lot of fun. Good. Yes. Yeah. So thank, thank you. you. And what was that? I want to get that. It was, um, is your, um, calendly.com. Is that also on your website now? So you it can is. schedule an appointment yep. right there. Okay. All in one so spot. There's just yeah. a link to it there. Great. Yep. So make sure you check out Emily's website, emilyrbarnettcoaching.com, and you can 
schedule that 30 minute minute coaching session that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. So, and you can always, if you didn't write it down, we'll rewind it and listen to it again because it's recorded (laughs) (laughs) or you can reach out to me, um, at, uh, Carrie at tell me this, uh, com. If you, if you have questions or want to get in touch with Emily, I can certainly help you do that. So Emily, thank you so much for being on the pod. It was so great to have a chance to chat with you. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah. No, yeah. No worries. So, all right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. This has been another episode of tell me this, the summer of coaching edition. Take care, everybody. So to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.